seriously popular. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. In January 2023, Constance Martin and her boyfriend, Mark Gordon, disappeared and went on the run with their newborn baby, Victoria. A nationwide search resulted in the sad discovery of Victoria's body, and the pair have now been charged with killing her, which they both deny. I'm Jack Hardy, a news reporter for the Daily Mail. I'll be in court every day, reporting the events as they happen. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheaton. Together, we'll take you behind the headlines, bringing you the evidence, witness statements and testimony from the Old Bailey in London. This is The Trial. Constance Martin and Mark Gordon. So in Friday's episode, we heard about the moment Constance Martin and Mark Gordon were arrested after they allegedly went on the run with their newborn daughter for a number of weeks. Her body was found in a plastic bag in a shed in Brighton two days after they were arrested. And she died, the prosecution say, from hypothermia and she was covered in rubbish. We've also heard already that Constance Martin admitted to police when she was interviewed that the couple went on the run after their car exploded in flames on the M61 in Bolton that night in December 2022 because they thought the baby would be taken away from them. So that's right, Caroline. We've already heard that the couple's four other children previously have been taken into care, and this seemed to be their motivation, really, for their elaborate plan to not only allegedly conceal that fifth pregnancy, but also to evade the authorities once she was born. So they decided, the jury was told, to keep moving. This resulted in them travelling hundreds of miles across the country, sometimes by taxi. They stayed in hotels, Airbnbs and in a tent in freezing temperatures. Sometimes the baby was seen wearing nothing more than a nappy. And the prosecution say she was carried around in a little shopping bag. So today we're going to bring you the evidence from a dog walker who recognised the couple from the news. He told the court the sound of Victoria crying was so traumatising he couldn't just walk away. 
We'll hear that he offered to take them home, to make them tea and to take them to hospital, but he said they refused. We'll also bring you the words of another witness, the driver who stopped to help them when he saw their car in flames on the M61 a few days earlier. In his evidence to the jury, he said he still fears now that Victoria could be alive if he'd stayed with them that night. Welcome to episode three, Something's Not Right. So, Jack, it's been another busy couple of days in court since our last episode. And as we've said before, some of what we've heard, so some of what we're going to be bringing you today, is upsetting because it relates to allegations of child cruelty. Yeah, that's right, Caroline. And we've, we've heard from a number of witnesses, which we'll be bringing you in this episode of the podcast. But we'll, we'll start today with what we heard about Constance Martin's financial situation. Now, we're bringing you this because one of the exhibits the jury has been shown were her bank statements, and in one of the entries it showed that she had received almost £20,000 in her bank account from her family's trust fund. This was just a few days after she disappeared with Mark Gordon, according to the prosecution. Now, we already knew, of course, that Constance Martin is from a wealthy background and that she allegedly had access to significant amounts of cash while the couple were travelling with Victoria across the country over those weeks. At times, we've already heard, they spent hundreds of pounds on taxis. Now, part of the prosecution case is that this was money which could have been used to put a proper roof over Victoria's head to take proper care of her. Instead, though, they allegedly took her with them as they went camping in South Downs in Sussex in the middle of a bitterly cold winter. So just to track back a bit here to the days before the hunt for the couple began in December 2022 and to one of the key witnesses the court has heard from so far and we know this all began when Victoria was born. According to Mark Gordon she was born on Christmas Eve at an Airbnb holiday cottage the couple rented in a remote part of Northumberland which they paid £367 for. He said she was healthy and didn't need medical help, but the prosecution dispute this, and they also believe the baby was born at a later date. So her exact birth date is disputed, but what's not disputed is this police hunt for them began really in earnest when their Peugeot 206 was found in flames on the motorway near to Bolton. Now, before they ran from the car, the courts heard from a man called Ken Hudson. Now, Ken is a van driver who pulled over to help that night, and he also called 999. He was travelling with his son, um, who's called Jack, And at times in his evidence, he did get upset as he told the court and the jury that he tried to help when he saw the car on fire, but he now regrets not doing more. Here's what he said. His words have been voiced by an actor. I saw dark smoke travelling forwards. Lots of smoke. The smoke became a flames, so I tried to alert the car in front. As I'm on the phone, one person was getting out of the car on the right and... One was getting out on the left, on the driver's side, and the flames were getting bigger. On the passenger side, a person got out and and ran past me on my right as I was on the phone. They ran towards me and to my right and probably stopped about five paces to the back of me. As the female ran towards me, the person who got out of the driver's side went to the rear of the vehicle, opened the boot of the car and, and was frantically trying to get things out of the car. The fire was getting bigger. The person who got out of the driver's side was throwing things over to the barrier that runs parallel with the hard shoulder. I was shouting to the person to get away from the vehicle because I, I could see the flames were getting bigger and bigger. The person eventually did move away and into oncoming traffic on the motorway. I told them to come back into the hard shoulder. The person then came towards me and stood to my right as I was looking at the car. I then started to record the fire on my mobile phone and 
The first response from the gentleman was to ask me, am I filming that? Mr Hudson then told the jury Mark Gordon offered to pay him if he gave them a lift to the nearest services. When the lady ran past me, she was bundled up in a blanket and once I stopped filming and turned to look, I could see that she was carrying a bundle and at the top was a baby's head. The top of the skull was protruding out slightly. The lady said, she's fine. She said, you don't need to wait, you can go, we'll be fine now. I put my hand on the baby's head and I said, God bless, keep safe. And and then we got in the van. Now, none of this evidence was disputed by the couple, apart from Mr Hudson claiming to have touched Victoria's head. Constance Marston's barrister, Tom Godfrey, said she would not have let a stranger touch her baby's head. But Mr Hudson told the court he remembered this because it has stayed with him. This is what he said. I know I touched the baby's head. The reason that I know is because throughout the year I've been cut up myself because I believe that if I had stayed with that vehicle and the people, that baby may still be alive. So at this point, uh, during Mr Hudson's evidence, when he was talking about the guilt he felt uh, of the death of baby Victoria, Constance Martin's mother, Virginia de Sellier, who was sitting in the public gallery, could be heard loudly exclaiming, quite. We'll take a break there. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So, Jack, we know now that when police officers later searched the car, they found a placenta wrapped up on the back seat. As well as that, they found a passport belonging to Constance Martin. And as we've already said, this was the point at which the search for them really began. We know now that that hunt covered hundreds of miles across the country. And the jury have been taken through a sort of a sort of compilation, if you like, of CCTV, which showed the route that they took from the side of their burning car in Bolton that night to a coach station in the town 
and then on to Liverpool. From there, the prosecution say they got in a taxi and went to Essex. Yeah, that's right. So so we've kind of heard from a, a string of witnesses who have been able to speak about um, the, the couple's journey across the country. And so this started with a taxi driver who took them on that journey from Liverpool to Essex. He's called Ali Yahya and he appeared in court over video link. He told the jury he was flagged down by the couple at around 9pm on January the 5th as he was driving into Liverpool city centre. He said he could see the woman was shivering and when he realised how far they wanted to go, around 200 miles, he offered to go home to get his personal car, which was an Audi, as it would be warmer for them. Yeah, he then said he noticed something inside Constance Martin's coat and he asked if it was a baby. They said it was, but that she didn't need a car seat as she was so small. Now, Mr Yaya said the baby seemed to be wearing only a nappy and that she was crying. He said Mark Gordon was trying to calm her down and eventually the three of them slept for the rest of the journey. So it was around um, 3am on the following morning when they were dropped off in Harwich by the driver and they spent their first night in a Premier Inn. The jury were told that Constance Martin had approached the reception of the hotel and tried to reserve a room in cash. Now, this usually wouldn't have been allowed because she didn't actually have any ID to go with it, but staff said she looked desperate and exhausted, so a supervisor decided to make an exception and allowed them to stay the night. Now, a woman called Ray Robson worked at the hotel and she came on duty the following day. Now, she said Constance Martin asked if she could extend their stay and she was questioned in court by the junior prosecuting barrister, Joel Smith. Their exchange has been voiced here by actors. She said she only had cash, no ID on her, because it was left in a car that broke down the day before. What did she say about the car? Everything was left in their car. It broke down the day before and everything was in there. And how did she seem when she was talking to you about that? She was about as stressed as someone whose car broke down and they needed a place to stay. So Ray Robson said she told Constance Martin she wouldn't be able to extend her stay and she gave them 10 minutes to get themselves together and to leave the room. But after those 10 minutes, there was still no sign of her and so she and a colleague went to knock on the door. She then described how the couple came out and Constance Martin had a lump under her jacket. What did you notice after they had left the room? The smell. You say the smell. What sort of smell was it? I don't know how to explain it. It was a really, really bad smell. The way I explained it prior was that it was like rotten flesh. If you know what an infected piercing smells like, that's what it was like, but amplified. I couldn't stay in the room very long. I went in, opened the window, tried to find the cause of the smell and left. So we mentioned at the top of this episode that the final witness we heard from yesterday was the man who said he was traumatised by the sound of baby Victoria crying when he walked past the couple in Harwich. This man was called Dale Gosling and he got up early in the morning and he had seen pictures of Constance Martin and Mark Gordon on the news and he knew that the police were desperate to find them. So when he came across them a few hours later on his dog walk, he said he had tried to help. Now he was questioned in court by the prosecutor Joel Smith and their exchange has been voiced by actors. At the time you were living with your family in Harwich? I certainly was. And that morning you were up early? Yeah, pretty standard time for me. 5.30am. While you were watching the news that morning, did you see a report about a couple who were missing? Yes, I did. Were there photographs? There were, yes. He said a few hours later he set out to take the dog for a walk. It was freezing cold, there was frost on the floor, there was a chill in the air. It was a fresh January morning, to say the least. While walking along Collar Road, did you see a couple sitting on a planter? I did. 
Now, Mr Gosling said he could see the couple, but he initially thought that they might have a dog with them. So because he had a dog with him, he gave them a bit of a wide berth because he didn't want his dog to bother them. As I walked further on, then I heard the baby. I carried on walking and thought they were new parents. It was really traumatising to listen to. It was ringing in my ears. I had to turn around and everything in me said, turn around and talk to these people because something's not right. And that's what I did. Could you see the baby? Yes. Could you hear the baby? Definitely. The baby was crying. How would you describe this crying? I'd describe it as crying I wouldn't want to walk away from. Well, maybe not a cry I didn't want to walk away, but a cry I couldn't just walk away from. Did the baby seem distressed? Most definitely. Mr Gosling then described how the only baggage the couple appeared to have with them was a large shopping bag, a bag for life of the sort you get from Lidl or Morrison's, he said. He couldn't see what was inside. Did you approach them and ask them whether they were the couple you had seen on TV? That's exactly what I did. I think I said, excuse me, are you the people who are on the telly advertised as missing with a baby? He was then asked how Mark Gordon had responded. I can't remember his exact words, but he denied it. He said the words to the effect of, you're confused, it's definitely not them. I asked if the baby was all right. Did you raise concerns about whether they should go to hospital? Yeah, I offered them a lift to the hospital. And did you tell them the authorities were concerned about the welfare of the child? Mark was telling me that he was doing the best he could for his child. He wanted to keep his family together and to do the right thing. Did they take you up on your offer of a lift? No, they said they were all right, that they knew what they were doing. They said they wanted to go to London to see family or friends. Now, he said his conversation with them lasted around five to ten minutes, during which time he said the baby was consistently crying. Did you get to see the baby itself? Yes. Could you see how old it was? It looked brand new to me. Did you see what it was wearing? It was wearing a white all-in-one suit with a hand sticking out of the top and the feet enclosed. Did it have gloves on? No. A hat on? No. Could you see the baby's head? Yeah. If you imagine a baby that's been born but not washed, it was like it hadn't been washed. Uh, it was like a newborn baby's head. It had hair on the back that was matted with a bit of mucusy type stuff. There was still some of that on the baby, quite clearly to see. Mr Gosling said he continued his walk and then returned back past the planter where he had seen the couple around 20 minutes later. He told the jury the couple was still there and the baby was still crying and he decided to see again if they needed his help. What was Miss Martin doing? Uh, I think she was walking around cradling the baby in her arms, trying to settle it. And what was Mr Gordon doing? He was talking to me. Did you offer them to come back to your house for a cup of tea? I could see their parents in distress and I wanted to try and help them. Why did you think it was a good idea to invite them back to your house? I didn't think it was a good idea. I knew if I brought two strangers and a baby back to me house, me wife's going to do enough. But disregarded me wife's feelings for a minute. This was morally the right thing to do. Miss Martin seemed like she was up for a cup of tea and maybe going to the hospital, but Mr Gordon was quite insistent he was all right. He had a plan. He had friends and family to stay with. He was going on about the safety of his son and asked what I would do to protect my family. I said I'd go to the ends of the earth to protect my son, which is what any parent would rightly do. Did you tell them you were interested in the baby's well-being? I told them I'm not interested in what they're doing or what they've done. I'm interested in the child's welfare. And what did Mr Gordon say? For want of a better word, he 
try to fob me off. So Mr Gosling then described to the court that he went home and spoke to his wife and at that point he reported what he'd seen to the police. And in court, actually, Mr Smith also asked him how Constance Martin looked that morning. Uh, she looked pasty. She looked very, very pale. She looked weak. She looked confused, a bit scared, anxious. She looked like a woman that had just given birth. Now, Mr Gosling's evidence was questioned by Mark Gordon's defence barrister, Nina Crinian, who accused him of embellishing his story. Now, she said Mr Gosling hadn't previously mentioned any shop when he mentioned the bag for life, and she accused him of adding this detail to his evidence after he picked it up from media coverage, but he disputed this. Now, just to bring you up to date with what we've been hearing in the last few hours in court, primarily it's more around their alleged journey. And we've seen some CCTV images, a sort of CCTV compilation, if you like. We've also heard from a number of witnesses who told the court that they saw them at various points on January the 7th as they travelled from Harwich to Colchester. Some of the CCTV footage that was shown to the court today appeared to be them shopping in the High Street at East Ham. So before we finish today, we should remind you the defendants are facing charges of manslaughter by gross negligence, perverting the course of justice, concealing the birth of a child, child cruelty and causing or allowing the death of a child. They deny all the charges. As we've mentioned before, we've got a really busy week on the trial podcast. And that's because um, on Friday, the sentencing and naming of Girl X and Boy Y for the murder of Brianna Jai will take place in Manchester Crown Court. And of course, Liz and I will bring you up to date on everything that happens on Friday in the court as we have it with a special episode that day. So that means we'll have an extra episode this week on Thursday, which will cover all the updates from court on Constance Martin and Mark Gordon. In the meantime, you can follow us on X at The Trial Podcast or contact us on email thetrial at mailmetromedia.co.uk. You can leave us a comment on Spotify or even send us a voice note on WhatsApp. That's on 07796... 657512. Start your message with the word trial. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.